On this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts, we'll talk to actor Todd Stashwick about his menacing roles on 12 Monkeys and Gotham, his work as a writer of the online comic The Devil Inside, as well as his involvement with a mysterious upcoming Star Wars video game. He does it all! We'll also take a look back at 2016. How does that even work? Oh, you'll see. Now, straight from the Wayne Enterprises mailroom, this is 1.21 Gigawatts! Hey there, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts episode number one. It's a collector's item for January 2016. I'm your host, Brad Barton. Since this is a new podcast venture, and since we're going to be best pals in no time, I just know it. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'm a Generation X geek living in New Jersey and the gravitational pull of New York City. I've got a wife and kids, and you'll almost certainly hear them from time to time in this space as well, spouting off on the pop culture elements that really excite us. So what is 1.21 Gigawatts? What are we doing here with this podcast? Well, we're going to shine a spotlight on the elements in geek pop culture, that's movies, TV, comics, games, theme parks, etc., that I think are cool and noteworthy and should be celebrated. And I intend to do that not only by bringing you interviews with the creators of said nerdly awesomeness, but also with a series of rotating segments and features that take a deep dive into a specific geeky topic. Since we're just kicking off the new year, it would probably make sense to do some sort of 2016 preview, but you know what? That seems so cliche. I say we try something different. I say we jump forward in time and take a look back at the year to come. What? So hop in your TARDIS, fuel up the DeLorean, or jump in the sidecar of the Time Cops motorcycle. Did he have a motorcycle? Is that a thing? Whichever manner of temporal conveyance you prefer for... 2016, the year that was and is yet to be. Ah, 2016, what a year it was. In movies, who can forget when Doctor Strange made his silver screen debut and introduced a variety of bizarre and fantastic sounding sorcery terms to pop culture, such as the Orb of Agamotto, the Crimson Bands of Satorak, the Hoary Hosts of Hoggoth, and bizarre names ranging from Baron Mordo and Dormammu to the truly credibility-straining name Benedict Cumberbatch. Of course, the nation just went through our second annual wave of Star Wars mania with the release of Rogue One, the standalone tale of the rebel forces which acquired the plans to the original Death Star. It was an exciting tale which will go down in box office history as the film which finally ended the incredible 48-week streak of The Force Awakens at the top of the box office charts. Congratulations, Rogue One. Good on you. Does this mean we can finally talk about spoilers for Force Awakens? Can we talk about Han publicly? On TV, Doctor Who returned with a new season and a new companion, and in a move that no one saw coming, that companion is played by a spunky, attractive 20-something white woman. Woo! What a breath of fresh air after 53 years, am I right? Prompted by the success of The Walking Dead spin-off, Fear the Walking Dead, AMC launched even more undead companion series such as The Speed Walking Dead, which chronicles a group of elderly survivors who dodge walkers while exercising by doing laps in the local mall. And of course, there's the ongoing tale of zombie Johnny Cash in Walking Dead The Line. I ate a man in Reno just to watch him die. That happened. That's true. All of them were massive hits and have already received second season orders. And meanwhile, on Walking Dead, Glenn died. Again. Or did he? Maybe. But maybe not. 
Uh, it's too bad the internet doesn't have an opinion. They're so quiet about this sort of thing. And Spider-Man returned to the big screen with a cameo in Captain America Civil War. Now, following versions of the character played by Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, new Spidey Tom Holland was regarded by fans as the best web-slinger yet, with fans eagerly awaiting his next upcoming feature film appearance. Naturally, Sony has already begun the process of recasting the role again. This recasting tradition is in accordance with the quintannual blood ritual sacrifice demanded by the nether gods in which the established and beloved icons of the day must be torn down and replaced, a process which was revealed to the general public during the 2014 Sony email hacks. And that is a quick look back at 2016, the year that was and is yet to be. Way back in early October, I had the opportunity to sit down with this episode's guest, and since you're listening to this in the future, try to project yourself back to New York Comic Con 2015. It was a different time then, a simpler time. So there are loads of working actors working in film and television that are known as that guy. They come on screen and you say, hey, it's that guy. And there's a reason that you see them all the time. And it's because they give rock solid performances and therefore you see them everywhere. And if for some reason you don't know that actor's name just yet, you'd better learn it because he's not going away. And I'm joined today by one of the preeminent that guys working today. He plays the villain Deacon on Sci-Fi series 12 Monkeys, Richard Sinus, The Mask on Fox's Gotham, and has an IMDb page that is about a four-mile-long trek. <laughs> that guy is Todd Stashwick, and I'm very happy to welcome him to 1.21 Gigawatts. You're here, dude! Ta-da! I'm so excited. It is good to be here. Um, you you are, and I mean this with all of the affection in the whole world, um, a giant geek. Right, mm. I've seen your social media pages. You're you're a gamer. You're a comic book buyer. Since you're so into genre film and television and games to begin with, is it what is it just dumb luck or serendipity that you've ended up in so many genre projects? I think. Um, Where did you sell your soul to make this happen? Todd? You know, and, and this is a a, a a tale I've told before, but um, you know, my my trajectory was comedy. Originally, mm-hmm. I, I was a Second City Chicago guy, and I was, I was pointing my arrow towards Saturday Night Live. Um, was up for Saturday Night Live, and I was like, okay, well, I didn't get it, but it moved me to New York, where I met you, mm-hmm. and then deep, deeply entrenched in the improv culture, doing Conan O'Brien as a, as a, as a side gig, doing uh, the comedy bits on that show, and and then I moved to LA because I was gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna be half hour sitcom guy. That's my goal. Um, while I was in New York, I did the prerequisite Law and Orders, so I, I sort of was dipping my toe in villainy. <laughs> um, and then uh, when I got to Los Angeles, I um, one of the first jobs I booked. In fact, it might have been the first... I booked a pilot, a half-hour sitcom pilot, that made me go, okay, maybe it's time to move to L.A. I was playing uh, Jeremy Piven's best friend in a pilot with Ari Gross, Maria Patillo, Jamie Gertz, and myself. Nice. Yeah. What was that? It was called um, It's About This Guy. Okay. That was the name of the pilot. It didn't go anywhere. But... Um, but it was enough to make me go, okay, now it's time to move to L.A. So when I, I, I flew out to L.A. to look for an apartment, 
and I was like, I'm going to find an apartment, then I'm going to fly back to New York and pack up my wife and son, and we're going to move out to Beverly uh, or North Hollywood, as the case was. So I had come out to find an apartment, and I, while I was in L.A. that week, the very woman that was calling me just now was my agent at the time, and uh, she... Uh, we, uh, I, I got an audition and then I booked an episode of Angel mm. and I played the demon Voca on Angel and buried in makeup and I had to you know fight people and um, and that was kind of the, the beginning of, of me because then that led to an episode of Buffy mm -hmm. Which also then around that time. So now, and the point was, was I, I moved to LA and I and and I was just going to go right home, come back to New York, um, but I started booking a job, and so I just called my wife and and said, "Why don't you just bring him? I'm working. Like it's already started. It's happening. Like yeah. yeah, the fuse has been lit. And so I'll find us an apartment. I will IKEA the crap out of it, <laughs> and uh, that way you don't have to bring much furniture." Um, sell off what we got, uh, pack it up, and come to L.A. And so it was weird because I moved out of New York with a phone call. It was very strange. Yeah. Um, and I never had that goodbye, which was really weird. Yeah, that is sort of interesting. Yeah, because you, you like want to have that. You want to see it in your yeah. rearview mirror as right. you're heading west to pursue your golden dreams. Yeah. Um, and... So then, so then, then it was just like from there. It went to Dark Angel, and I played a head in a bag that, that, uh, that oddly, we the, have right here. What the? It's my head. Oh hey. My so then it just kind of, I was booking these jobs, but I was also simultaneously also booking villain or heavies on CSI and and more Law and Orders and the like. But at the same time, I was booking Dharma and Greg and yep. Will and Grace and and uh, Rodney. And uh, a bunch of, you know, doing a lot of sitcom work as well. And so they were kind of one for the other, they, they, uh, one for one almost. And then uh, the one job that I booked that kind of turned the corner and sort of solidified my geek boy status was uh, an episode of Supernatural, mm. where I played uh, Bella Lugosi's Dracula in a black and white episode. And... It was like their Halloween episode, and it was so off the beaten path, and this was about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. It was so off the beaten path of... Uh, and, and you're looking at a guy who turned down the network test for the role of Gaius Baltar on Battlestar Galactica oh God, really? because I was still in the... I want to do half-hour sitcoms. Yeah, right. I don't want to move to Vancouver to be, to be on a space show. Turns yeah. out to be one of my favorite shows of all time. Sure. Uh, and I recently just got to work with um, with um, Michael Hogan. Vice Captain Ty, or Colonel Ty. Fracking toasters. <laughs> and um, But the Supernatural episode suddenly, because that fan base was so organized and vocal. Yeah, they're ravenous. And... And it was in the it really uh, the, right as Twitter was like taking oh, okay. off, and and Facebook was really taking off, so that and then the con circuit was really taking off. So it all kind of happened. I would say it really 
it really bolted down around then. I had just finished a TV show called The Riches. Absolutely, sure. And then I booked this uh, this gig on Supernatural, and it was just one episode. And then Heroes was right after that, and so then it was just kind of a succession yeah. of thing, 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 thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you talked about improv for a second, and and we were even talking before we started recording. But of course, as you said, you started in Chicago with Second City, and then in New York with with Burn Manhattan. And uh, I think that might have been one of the first times that I ever saw long form improv. Oh that, wow. That, or at least you know, long form that called back and connected storylines so seamlessly yeah. that like your jaw hangs open. <laughs> I like vividly remember my personal having my mind blown moment oh, watch, watching you guys. Like, how in the hell we still did that just happen? Yeah. Um, and then uh, and then David Stork uh, uh-huh. brought you in to work with uh, my group Gotham Beyond at the time, and I think that as a fledgling improviser, I was just happy that we were able to. Share fun. scenes on stage, and I didn't spontaneously like, throw up. You know, <laughs> it was Jason Addis was in there. <laughs> right, Jason Addis and was I went in there. On to they work with, with him, him and Duffel uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and so, in in improv, especially long form, I know that fewer things are more satisfying in a way than finding that group or that group mind. Uh, whether it was with the the Burn Manhattan guys, who I adore still yeah. to this day, and I've been really lucky to work with Kevin and, yeah. and Jay. Yeah, um, Centralia. Yeah, there's Centralia guys. Now. I was in town a, a few months back, and I did a two person show with Matt Ooh. Higgins. Yeah, nice. It was fun. I I know that it it feels so good in that to have that sort of uh, you know a solid group mind with an ensemble to the point because you you both have these rock solid feelings of trust. And also a sense of um, anticipation uh, of each other's moves. No, I mean I, I, I've I've had the good for, fortune of of working with some really amazing actors, uh, Minnie Driver and Eddie mm-hmm. Izzard, and uh, and uh, well, the cast of Twelve Monkeys—they're all really good and unpredictable and interesting. And uh, yeah, so so I I think look if if if, if because I probably would never, I'm probably not doing this the same take two times in a row. Sure. And I think if if they're paying attention, if the actors, if wherever he's paying attention, you can't react the same every time. So it's always going to stay, you know, you're always going to keep that beach ball in the air. You know, even on 12 Monkeys, there have been moments where where they've kind of just let me go off script and let me just kind of find stuff uh and that, uh, of course, provokes different reactions from from your scene partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about 12 Monkeys let's. for a bit. Uh, I think that you were given such an incredible gift by the, by the writers uh, and the producers of the show for your introduction, if nothing else. So you pop up in, like, the third episode or yeah. whatever for the first time. And it's, and it's an episode where, like, the entire time uh, various cast members are coming around and they're having these side conversations and, like... Well, Deacon wants to know, or some, you know, and it and it's like whatever we've got stuff to do, and then they freeze in their tracks, like over and over and over. There's a few like Deacon, Deacon, hush yeah, 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 and clearly setting him up as this dude that like you don't want to know. And then when we finally see him in like the very like last thirty seconds of of the scene, you're there, you're sharpening this knife, no dialogue. Some nervous underling comes in and gives you news that you want to hear. Romina. Yeah, right. And and you have this slight profile with the grin. Basically, you got the same intro as Thanos yep. at the end of Yeah, Avengers. very Thanos. Yeah, which I assume is in your writer. 
It is. I, yeah. I must be introduced like by by uh, Deathbringers as a Mad Titan. Yeah, most Mad Titans. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it was a good introduction. It, it was, was a great was introduction. Sweet. And then and then just the amount of uh, latitude that that they give me with the part. Yeah, is a lot of fun. Why don't you? Uh, because I could do this, but people want to hear your voice more than they want to hear mine. How would you describe Deacon? What's the what's the log line for for Deacon for the uninitiated out there? Well, you know, it's funny because is. We had gone to San Diego Comic Con, and and Terry, Terry sort of said he's a he's a sociopathic Han Solo. Um, <laughs> he's like he's he's doing the kind right things, but he's not he's not at all uh, he's not at all repentant to be, uh, a, or or to, uh, he's not at all repentant and delights in the fact that he gets to kill, mm-hmm. but he's not. Um, He's not a mass murderer. Like he's like, oh, we got to kill that guy um, because I need X, Y, and Z so that my people can survive. Yeah. Um, wow, that sounds cool. Let's right. do that. Let's, yeah. Let's have a fun time. Yeah. I mean, if I have to do it, I might as well enjoy the process, yeah. right? <laughs> the process, but, sure. Um, it's my thing. What? Right. I'm all about process. Yeah. Um, but to describe him, he, you know, he's the scav king. He's uh, he's he's the pirate king. Like he's. He's he's uh, he's fun-loving and ruthless, and uh, he sees the absurdity in uh, the situation. And then it just gets more absurd. Like it was already absurd. Oh, a virus wipes out billions. Right, right. Okay, uh, and then now they're suddenly I'm in legion with like the Blue Man Group, and uh, <laughs> and then and then what? A time machine? Wait, what? Yeah. Why not? So yeah. I think that's his his kind of whole approach is why not? Right, right. Are you guys shooting season two at this point already? Currently, okay. I, that's why I came from Toronto today. Whoa! All yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even going to ask you about story details because I'm sure you're not allowed to say anything. And that's in fact, I assume you probably have a go to speech when people say like, "What's next for Deacon? What's going on?" Well, with Deacon? I can say Deacon. Uh, season two Deacon is different than season one Deacon. Season two, Deacon uh, hedges his bets and um, has to see where his uh, where his opportunities are best expressed. That is delightfully mysterious, right? I mean, I think I think he he I think, and I've said this before. I think he goes, "Well, I'm nuts, but those guys are crazy." You know, and I think he, he. I think he finds more commonality with the, uh, the more humany mm. looking people, <laughs> as opposed to the right. Blue Man Group. Right. Um, and so I think I think he, uh, he's got a you know better the devil you know. Yeah. And so I think you, you see him a bit more. Uh, you're just gonna see more sides of him as opposed to straight up antagonist. Cool. Yeah. I like that. Well, I'm just happy he's continuing because mm-hmm. it's such a your your early uh, episode where you finally show up and get to get some meat. Oh yeah, is so much fun yeah. for no other reason just because it changed up the dynamic of like 2015, 2043, 2015. Like yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. 2015 can wait. It's cool. Let's spend some time here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Meanwhile, over mm-hmm. on Fox, mm-hmm. so you've popped up a couple times on Gotham uh, as Richard Sionis, aka I the Mask. Have. That call had to have been holy crap. Um, no. Well, you know, it, it, it's. I, I actually went in for Maroney, mm-hmm. uh, and then, um, and that went well. 
and I had a good time with it. Um, but I didn't book it, and uh, David Zayas is fantastic, and he crushed it. Um, and then I just got a phone call saying, uh, they want you to come in and play this character, Richard Sionis. And so I had already kind of prepared myself for entering into the Gotham universe. Yeah. You've done that mental work already. Yeah. And, but when I was actually there, you know, we I think we shot in Harlem for the, the, the quote-unquote fight club scene. And uh, when I was there, that's when it hit me. When I'm like looking around and seeing the the, the lights, the way they're set, and the, the kind of mysterious thing, and, and GCPD, and, yeah. and he's walking through with his gun, and you're like, oh, I'm I'm in the Batman universe, it. and it's and it's 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 not cosplay, and it's not. <laughs> I mean, it's sanctioned. It's sanctioned. It's yeah, it's, right, it's one right. version of the canon now. Yeah, and that was cool to be able to. Uh, like with Star Wars, like with like with Buffy and Angel and Star Trek and uh, and this to be part of uh, a canon that I am a fan of, you know, is is pretty thrilling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I like that you mentioned the the alleged Fight Club in this because certainly that first episode is very much Fight Club for uh, meets Wolf of Wall Street or something. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. When uh, to to see everyone in that firm like I'm just nursing a bruise, don't mm-hmm. mind me, my eyes bleeding. But I'm really is that your blood? So yeah. Um, so your character has some serious hand to hand and sword combat. <laughs> yes, he and, did. Uh, how did, did you get to do that? How much of that was you? Um, I was brought in uh, a day early so that I could go in and, and have some uh, combat training. Yeah. And um, I will say. Uh, uh, I'm proudly that often if the camera was pointed at me in the back of Gordon's head, yeah. it was me. All right. And if it was pointed at uh, Ben McKenzie, I wasn't the one doing the pointing. <laughs> okay. So I think I mean just just I, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to have to be the one who accidentally hurts his pretty face. Yeah, that's and uh, and so uh, I learned the fight. I learned the fight. Yeah. I learned the whole fight. And. Uh, and and I I learned all the all the swordplay. I mean, I'm not. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just ballet. Like you're just yep. counting, right? Right. Absolutely. Slide here, but I mean, and and you know, I, I I could fake it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It looked great. The the the, the real guy was amazing. Sure. But I just kind of just saw what he did and tried to just yeah do the same sort of sharpness and turns and right. Like that. Yeah, so. Right. Let's talk about you. You mentioned. Um, uh, Devil Inside briefly so yes. we've got to touch on that my man so starting back in was this 2010 mm-hmm. okay so you and artist uh, Dennis Calero you created the serialized online comic strip It's Devil Inside yep. follows the adventures of Jack Springheel mm-hmm. aka the devil the devil um, who bears more than a passing resemblance to you <laughs> uh, <laughs> Which uh, which I really kind of dig, um, and it's good. It's really dense. Oh, thanks. I really really like that. As Thank I'm, you. When I as I've been going through, like man, for five panels, good we, lord, we pack a lot in there. Guys, it gets heavy sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it helps to know some religions, know some mythology. Cause, yeah, yeah, you got to sit yeah. up and pay attention to that. Yeah, that's, oh, that's good. And there's, yeah, I mean, we we like like yeah. It, it, if it's this is my shot to make a comic, right? Yeah. So I, I wanted to put all the things that that tickled me, and so you know everything from Q 
Kierkegaard to Kerouac, you know, yeah. like like putting it all in there and and putting in you know my philosophies on religion and my philosophies on on uh, literature and uh, my philosophies on uh, on uh, on poetry and 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 you know and 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 science and mm-hmm. balancing you know there's a there's a whole a heavy dose of science in there uh yeah it's fun it's really fun it's, it's very very cool thank um, you that spun out of a heroes comic yeah is that right sort of um uh, I was or the collaboration I've been writing it. I've been writing for for a while and I have you know since Second City and I've written screenplays and, and, and uh, pilots and whatnot and I had had an idea you know I was watching I think one night my wife and I were watching Supernatural mm. and I said oh you know what I'll bet I'll bet you they'll spin off Castiel and give him his own show and he'll be like the angel walking the earth kind of like 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 angel yeah. but, but instead of a vampire it'll be an angel and he'll be solving people's problems yeah. like touched by an angel but with a lot higher body count um and then i'm like screw that this should give me my own show right and then that <laughs> went to um but i know he's going to cast me as an angel so what's the ultimate villain oh the devil so let's have the devil have a crisis of conscience and so and uh, I love the Doctor Who, so let's give him a really cool, smart mouth sidekick, uh, who's also got you know also you know my character's running from literal demons and she's running from you know, emotional you know life demons yeah. and and so maybe these two can help each other out and it kind of so I, I sat on it for a while and then I was working on Heroes and Dennis was drawing the Heroes webcomic and uh, oh. I found. I found him through Twitter, and I said, hey, dude, I just saw your drawing of me, and that is badass. And he's like, oh, you're the dude. Hey, I'm coming to L.A. You want to have coffee? I said, yeah. And so we're just talking about all the things that nerds speak of, and he said, do you write? And I said, yes, and I told him my devil story. He goes, you know what? We could do that as a webcomic. I said, yes, please. Mm. And then we, so we've been... You know, it's been on a six-month hiatus because Dennis has been uh, swamped with work. But there's a lot of scripts that I've backlogged, and hopefully, we'll be getting those back up and out. Mm-hmm. This has been danced about a little bit in this interview, and we've got to do it as if all of this wasn't enough. You're co-writing a Star Wars game, Todd. Sweet a video game. Jesus, yes, a video game. Yeah. Um. So, had, had you written video games before? I mean, you read <laughs> a lot of stuff. Never written a video game before. Ooh. Uh, how in the world did that come about? Because, I mean, you've, hit, is, you've hit the nerd lottery. It is, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it is, um, you know, there's no way that I could repeat this recipe of, of how it, like, it literally, it's kind of like, you know, as I said to my wife, uh, an omelet doesn't exist in nature. <laughs> like there's no way an egg could fall and crack and land on a rock and heat up and then maybe a milk cow comes by and cheese get, sure. like I don't know like, the, the, like there's just no like there's no plan I couldn't have planned it how it happened I was hired as an actor for a video game called Uncharted 4 okay and I was hired to play Nathan Drake's brother and uh through a series of events, the woman who was creative director of the game um, 
was no longer with the project. And um, this is Amy Hennig. Amy Hennig, um, the amazing Amy Hennig, who created the Uncharted franchise. Uh, it's her baby. And um, she then went. Uh, it was Im immediately uh, hired by uh, EA to take over the Star Wars franchise and she called me up because we had spent a lot of time while working we had worked together on Uncharted for six months mm. and we had talked story a lot and at the time I had a pilot in development that I was writing for the Sci-Fi Channel and she had read it and she'd read Devil Inside and we had talked a lot about our influences we were both first gen Star Wars kids and so we talked our, you know, how how we are imprinted like ducklings <laughs> by Lucas and Spielberg, yeah. um, children of the 80s. And she said, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to EA to Visceral to do this Star Wars game, come write it with me. And then I said, yes. Pretty impressive. Uh, can you say anything about the game yet? Or even what kind uh, of game it, it is? It takes place uh, in a galaxy far, far away. I'm familiar with it. Yes. Sure. And um, it is a video game. All right. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is that it is like Farmville, but it's mostly stars Lobot. It's Farmville Lobot. Okay, cool. Yes. <laughs> I'll like, play that. It's like Bejeweled. <laughs> Good. <laughs> but with Mon Mothman. Sure. That's yeah. solid. That seems like one of those, like when you go to Vegas, I, I'm always enamored with just staring at uh, at slot machine art, uh, going by and ranging from just the the beautiful to the sublimely strange, and so many of them. Like, it's the water skiing. Yeah, exactly. Here's some strange goddess who like has jewels, and then like that's going to be the theme of this. Yeah. Weird. Somehow it'll change how it affects how I play. Yeah, exactly. So that's. No, I cannot say game. much. I cannot say I much understand. about the game. That's uh, totally cool. I can say that. Um, it's enough that you're doing it. Uh, well, I can <laughs> say that I'm, I'm, I'm. It's very much like you know, it's 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 the kind of game I love to play. Nice. You know, that's the best way to put it. It's like it's it's there. It's the kind of game I love to play. Uh, in these adventures, have you gotten to go to Skywalker Ranch? I have. You son of a gun! I have drunk the wine, the Skywalker wine. I have, <laughs> I have, uh, I have, I have been in the archives. Oh my lord! I have. I have, you have knelt with the account. Ark of the Covenant. Um, I didn't open it because I am no fool. Sure. Um, Get your eyes blown out. No, I'm not even oh, um, Makes sense. That's all you have to do. Sure. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> if we've learned anything, just close your eyes, Mary. Uh, so yes, I've spent, a, I spent a, I've spent I've been to the ranch three times. Okay. Uh, I spent a lot of time at Lucasfilm. Um, with the story group working with them I was going to ask about that yeah so now you get to play with them because now in the new world order of Star Wars-ishness then your game is canon in as much as you know like uh, you know you want that authenticity mm -hmm. and you want to say that uh, you know so so everything gets vetted through them and yep. we bring our ideas through them and then they they bless it um, and so far uh they're quite happy with what we're doing, with the story cool. that we're telling. And, Excellent. Uh, 
That's and the characters that we're generating. Have Have there ever been times where they're like, "You need to not play with"? No, that no. There's, there's, character. there's stuff because they could say because they know. I mean, they they are the eye in the sky, sure, so they sure. go, "That might be hewing too close to something that's being worked on right, over here." So right, let's right. do this, or, or, or quite the opposite. Hey, it would be great to see where these things could complement each other, or set each other up, or be teed off, or da, 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 all that stuff, yeah. so that we can, so that they want to keep it. Uh, you know, keep the rivet straight, and right. uh, and that's their job. And um, yeah, so there's been a few times, but nothing, nothing, nothing egregious. And then, and then sometimes they're super cryptic about it, <laughs> and then sometimes they're not. Does Lomot have to like farm animals? Yeah, Could it, it be <laughs> something? Could it be? Right. Uh, I like that. Um, so as we record this, uh, we are one day away from the start of New York Comic Con 2015. I've never been to New York Comic Con. Really? Um, it's cool. It's pretty darn big. It's a bit of a zoo. But Is you, it San you've been Diego? to San Diego. Yeah. Um, I, I've never been to San Diego. Nerdy so. gras. Yeah. Which seems like absolute mayhem to an yeah. extent. Yeah, my yeah, that's that's Dennis Clara coined it the other day or <laughs> uh, two gras. years ago. Nerdy gras. It's about it's right. It's just they, because they take over the city. Yeah, we all, all of us nerds, depend, descend upon San yeah. Diego, and it's like it's like Main Street Disneyland. Like yeah. there's no one's obeying traffic laws. <laughs> well, it's and San just, Diego is sort of set up for that, right? Because it's right across the street from the gas lamp district, which already it's all is restaurants so, and shops yeah, and kind perfect, of perfect and hotels. You. Well, luckily, no one's going to be obeying the. Well, it's like that's why, that's why either, I so. think it's fascinating. I mean, I always, I, <laughs> I, I love, and like, I'm, I'm a nerd boy, and so it, it makes me, it's just, it's mecca. Yeah. And uh, it always is fascinating because, and I've said this before, uh, it's, it's, it's um, where introverts can go to be half naked. <laughs> True. That's that's and, my and, plan. And they're and they're and they're like like there's these these beautiful. Uh, uh, Girls who are they have like these long wigs on of blue hair and they're they're and pretty much body paint, and but then you talk to them like oh hi yes yeah. I'm uh, I'm playing Kanishi two four from Onarushi like it's these like really super obscure right. character from some Japanese handheld game yeah, yeah. edition of right. and they're like. And they've nailed the costume, yeah. and uh, like months clearly have and, gone into it, sure. and and they're not at all uh, 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 at all shy about being half naked in front of you, and and but <laughs> but 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 their demeanor is that of uh, a, a shy nerd girl, and it's quite yeah. fascinating. Um, fair listener, if you want to thrill to the continuing adventures of Todd Stashwick, there are lots of places to do so. Yeah. So uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? Oh, there's the Twitter. There's, there's the, the ToddStashwick.com where you can find Devil Inside. Mm -hmm. And from that ToddStashwick.com, you can link to Todd Stashwick's Facebook page and his Twitter feed. I'm just at Todd Stashwick on Twitter. I'm at T Stashwick on the Instagram. Okay. Um, and, uh, and then I think I have an actor page on the Facebook where it's Todd Stashwick, writer, director, actor, guy. And you're a you're an outgoing dude with the fans. I I, I think that's cool. And I'm I sure do that like, like I do like um, it's a you talk it's to just the conversations. People. Yeah, right. and they're just people that love a lot of the same things I love. Yeah, 
Right. So I don't I mean to make no, a big deal. Out, I have but no I just austerity. Like it's, uh, yeah. It's take not, this cool thing out. Yeah, that is cool. I do that a lot. Yeah. I really do that a lot. I think that's great. I do like, like right now I'm really, really high on Miley Cyrus's new album. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me really happy. Yeah, very cool. Dude, thank you so much for, for having hanging me out. I really appreciate it. On your maiden voyage. Oh, here. boy. I'm going to smash a Virgin bottle of no champagne longer. over your face. That's coming up next. Let's film that because we'll get some hits. Ouchie, mm-hmm. no All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. The 12 Monkeys Season 1 DVD and Blu-ray are now available in stores. Season 2 of 12 Monkeys debuts on the Sci-Fi Channel in April. That's it for this episode of 1.21 Gigawatts, the first episode! You should probably put this recording in a Mylar bag and store it somewhere climate-controlled. It is the first episode, after all. Keep it mint, people. Some quick thanks. You wouldn't be hearing my dulcet tones at all were it not for sound engineer and my co-producer, David Sisko. He's good people. Thanks, Sisko. Dear listener, if you enjoyed this free travel-sized chunk of Geekitude, please do share it with a nerdy friend. You can like the 1.21 Geekawatts Facebook page and follow and discuss the latest film, TV, comic book, and genre entertainment news at that location. You can subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a nerdy second of future episodes which should be winging your way again very soon. And or leave me a message on Twitter where I am at BradBarton72 or come check out some pictures of my own geeky treasure trove at 1.21 underscore gigawatts on Instagram. And you can find the amazing music tracks heard on this episode at our website, 121gigawatts.com. Please join us again soon for another thrilling episode of 1.21 Gigawatts. I'm Brad Barton, and until next time, here's nerd rock band H2Awesome with our amazing theme song. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. 1.21 gigawatts, what every geek wants is what we got. From Doctor Who to Aqualad, we might think Luke and Leia's dead. Pop culture that is super rad, hosted by some guy named Brad. It'll rock you to your side on nylon socks. 1.21 freaking gigawatts! Food, water, booze, women. Hell of a lot better than you used to.